boomers and others prefer to remain in their homes and receive their care in that familiar setting. One expert believes we need to go back to the future as that trend expands. But how do we do that? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. You know, COVID's had us all locked up in our homes, but even before we got homebound there, and for those of us who were in cities where we were lucky enough to have groceries delivered or food delivered, you know, it was kind of okay because what we wanted came to us. But even before then, people in my age bracket, baby boomers, were insistent, much more so than previous generations, on staying in their home, receiving all their services in their home. I guess you could just say we're a bunch of brats, and, you know, maybe we are, but that's been driving a whole bunch of change in the industry. And until recently, it hasn't really driven a change in our industry, but that's about to change. We're talking with John Young, who's Vice President of Growth at Nice Healthcare, and John's company's business model is a little bit different than what you may be thinking of, especially if I tell you that they call it a clinic, but there's no clinic. We'll get into all of that. Welcome, John. David, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Now, you know, people think about getting stuff at home. And, you know, one of the reasons that I moved to Knoxville as opposed to someplace else a few months ago is because, you know, I joke and tell people I'm the world's oldest millennial, but I want everything delivered. If I don't feel like going out for groceries, I want Instacart to bring my groceries. If I don't want to go out for food, I want one of the million food services to bring my food. That's starting to translate into into medicine, but it's kind of like going back to the future, isn't it? Because now we're talking about house calls. Where, where did you guys first assess the need? How did you guys realize that there was that opportunity? Yeah, for you know, for us, it started you know like any good entrepreneurial story with a co-founding team that based on their own set of personal experiences, you know, in accessing the primary care environment, understood and saw that there was a better way to deliver healthcare. You know, it's a, to, to condense a story into, um, you know, an abbreviated version, our co-founder and CEO, Thompson and Darren Comey, had a personal experience with his two-year-old son and trying to access care in the traditional bricks and mortar clinic setting. And, you know, after four trips to a, uh, primary care clinic where they're going back and forth in a harsh Minnesota winter, you know, in, in February that culminated in a, in a diagnosis of pneumonia for his son after four visits. He looked at that experience and he thought that there was a better way to access healthcare than requiring patients to travel into a bricks and mortar clinic location. And that with the combination of technology and all of the tools that are at the disposal now of, of clinicians, combined with this idea of having clinicians travel out into the community and bringing 
care directly into that patient's home. That was the advent of the opportunity that we saw. It's interesting to me that you chose the word clinic to represent kind of what you guys are doing. For a lot of people, clinic has a negative connotation. So why clinic? Because we truly are a, a clinic in the sense that we're a, we're a team of nurse practitioners and physicians assistants that operate in a cohesive unit to bring primary care to our members. And so it's important to use the word clinic because our scope of service and what we're able to provide via technology and via bringing our clinicians directly into the home, that scope of service is is very similar to what is found in traditional bricks and mortar clinic locations. So it's important for us to, I think, to uh, identify as such um, so that our members know that they're going to have access to that same level of care despite not traveling into a traditional uh, clinic location. You know, I, I alluded to baby boomers a little while ago. And, you know, th- those folks who are, you know, in my age bracket remember house calls. And it was pretty much the norm, you know, especially if you had somebody sick. If somebody wasn't sick, if it was routine visit, you might go to the doctor's office. But if somebody was sick or whatever, the family doctor with a little black bag, the kind of Marcus Welby type guy would, would get in his car or her car and drive out and, and see you. There's a certain relationship aspect to being seen in your home that's different than being seen in an office, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, it, the atmosphere that it fosters and the relationship building that it enables between a provider and a patient when we're actually sitting on one of our patient's couch, you know, and we're, we're in the living room, we're talking about, you know, whatever issue that brought us together that day, but it provides a whole nother layer of relationship and interaction that is really hard um, to replicate, you know, in, a, in some other type of venue than actually getting into someone's home. And we get to learn a lot about that specific patient. You get to, you know, you get to understand more about the environment that they're, that they're living in. And you might even recognize some opportunities or some things that are impacting, you know, their, their health or their overall health status that might help inform what's going to be best for that specific patient. Now, the clinicians who go out to visit these patients, if, if I'm the patient, do I see the same clinician every time I have somebody come make a home visit so I have the opportunity to build a relationship, or is it kind of more of a rotational basis, or does it depend on what my need is? Yeah, so for us, we give our members uh, flexibility to, to make a decision. You know, most of our visits, David, start with a virtual visit. So when our member is scheduling a visit with our clinic, they can choose to see a clinician that they've seen in the past based on previous interaction with NICE, or if all they're optimizing for is being seen today, you know, at four o'clock because they have, you know, a, a soccer practice to get to later that evening, they can choose from any one of our clinicians who have availability that afternoon. So that's for the virtual piece. And then around 30% of the time, then that's when we send a clinician out you know, into a patient's home because we need to gather more information, right? Whether that's to do a, a blood draw, if it's to do an x-ray, if it's to do something as simple as a, a throat culture. And that's where you're going to start, you know, probably seeing some familiar faces in terms of who's showing up at your door that day because we're, we're hiring local clinicians that are in the community to provide that in-person level of care. And so, you know, it's, um, it'll kind of come down to what works best for the patient in terms of timing and convenience and, and how that matches up with who has availability on our team. But 
there's a good chance that you'll start seeing the same clinicians pop in at your door if, if you're using us enough. So how broad a scope of services are you delivering? Are you going everywhere from, let's say, physician all the way to maybe PT or occupational therapy or things like that? And at what point do you hand off to a specialist? Yeah, so the way that you know, I typically would talk about our scope of service is that there's, there's three primary reasons why someone is going to schedule a visit with us. Preventive care, wellness type visits that they're looking for. We treat acute illnesses. And then the third bucket is going to be for the management of more chronic or ongoing health conditions that they're dealing with. So within those three kind of buckets, you know, there's, there are a variety of conditions that we're, that we're managing for our members that fall in line with traditional primary care. We have started introducing access to more specialty level services like physical therapy, for example, where now if our members could benefit from access to virtual physical therapy that can be scheduled under our platform and those visits are actually conducted under the NICE healthcare ecosystem with licensed physical therapists. So that's bringing us kind of closer into that specialty care layer, but then there are certainly instances where the right thing for that patient is for us to make a referral to a cardiologist or make a referral to an endocrinologist or whatever specialty network or specialty services are are most appropriate for that particular case. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now back to our discussion. So let's talk a moment about cost. It sounds like it might be very expensive to have people like driving all over town and making home visits and taking that extra time in between visits to get from point A to point B. What's the cost of this look like? Yeah, so most of our customers right now are employers. And so it's the employers who are covering the cost of access to our service on behalf of their employee base. Employers are doing this, you know, for a couple of different reasons. A, they're looking at access to primary care as a unique way to attract and retain their employees. But then they're also looking at it as a way to help control healthcare costs, both for the organization as well as for the individual member. And the reason that this becomes a really interesting solution for employers is that we operate more akin to a direct primary care clinic in the sense that we get paid a fixed capitated rate for all of the services that we provide underneath our model. So an employer will pay on a per employee per month basis on behalf of their employees So when it's time for one of their employees or one of our members to access the service, there's no out-of-pocket costs associated with that visit for the member. 
And so this is a, uh, as you know, a, a completely different approach uh, to how most primary care is delivered, which is on more of a fee-for-service basis, where patients are going to receive a bill you know, for each individual service that is provided by their primary care clinic. All of our services are covered under this fixed capitated rate. And, you know, it's the, a couple of the other key decisions that we made in terms of how we structured our clinic that allow us to do this at a incredibly affordable rate. You know, the first is the obvious one, which is that we don't operate any physical bricks and mortar clinic locations. All of the visits that we do are services that are brought directly into the patient's home, whether that's using virtual visits or those in-person visits. So we don't have the overhead. And then another decision that we made is that we're a nurse practitioner-led clinic. So the day-to-day care that is provided to our members is done so by, by a team of clinicians who you know, have made that conscious decision to join our clinic because it allows them to get back into what brought them to this profession to begin with, which is to develop long-term meaningful relationships with their patients. And so those, you know, the, the fact that we're not operating the bricks and mortar locations, the fact that we're contracting directly with employers and not feeding claims through an insurance mechanism, and the fact that we're an NP-led clinic, that all adds up to us being able to offer this at a price point that is, uh, that is affordable for our employer and for our members. Is the attraction to an employer just a better user experience for their members, or is there savings involved in this as well? Yeah, you know, when we talk about cost savings with the employer groups and when we have the CFO in the room and, and we're really getting into the, the quantitative impact that this program can have, a lot of our conversation to date does revolve around kind of the, the cost avoidance calculation and mentality. The visits that we are doing as opposed to, you know, unnecessary urgent care, unnecessary emergency room uh, utilization, or just, you know, traditional primary care activity. And when we reach our kind of average level of utilization, we're able to show a, a really compelling argument from a cost savings perspective on how we're able to deliver care at a, at a better price point than some of those other sites of service. And so there is a, a cost component that we do talk to, to our employers about. And a lot of the times it's, it's the larger self-insured employers you know, who benefit the most from that cost equation because that's impacting their balance sheet directly in terms of the the uh, more affordable access point for healthcare services for their membership. Well, sure. And if you're partially self-funded or self-funded, depending on which phrase you prefer, you have access to loads of data. And so you're actually seeing on a more granular basis what you don't see, what's behind the curtain on a fully insured plan. You know, question for you. One of the things that, I mean, I've got a perfectly great corporate healthcare plan, and yet I belong to a direct primary care practice for years. And part of what I like about the direct primary care practice is that I don't ever feel rushed. I don't feel as though, whether it's an NP or a physician who's seeing me, I don't feel as though they've got six minutes and they've got to go on to the next patient. What's your average visit time or even telemedicine time? Yeah, so one of the key features of our our service is that we believe that by providing our members with longer visit times that we're going to be able to produce better outcomes. So we budget 45 minutes of time for each virtual visit that we conduct. 
and we budget an hour and a half for every in-person visit that we do. And so what this means, um, this has a couple of implications. One is just in terms of the, the work environment for our providers and what their day-to-day schedule looks like. The most visits that we do in a given day for any one specific provider is going to be 10 visits. And when you put that in comparison to you know, a traditional day in a, in a bricks and mortar clinic, if they're coming over from an existing health system, they're typically seeing 30 to 40 different patients in a given day. So the visit duration and our ability to give that ample time for our providers and for our patients to really get to the crux of the issue and what's impacting that particular member on that particular day is really, really important uh, for, for the overall experience that our members and for our clinical staff. With pharma driving so much of the, the overall medical spend these days, I know some of the direct primary care practices that I'm familiar with have gotten into having pharmacy services available as well, some on a limited basis, some on a broader basis, some have not yet. Is that a service that you provide for your members and how, how does that work? How does a member interact with that service? Yeah, so we, uh, this was actually a really big deal for our organization. On January 1st of, uh, of 2021, we added a new pharmacy benefit for our members, which is essentially a, a formulary of 550 medications that are available free of charge to our members when they're prescribed by a nice healthcare clinician. And so this is a, it's a formulary that encompasses medications for acute illnesses, in chronic conditions as well. And the reason that we did this was because we wanted to help improve the adherence of some of the more commonly taken medications that are needed by our membership. And when we take a look at the impact that this program, that this pharmacy benefit is having on our membership, it's pretty staggering. We, we've been able to run our formulary past the claims experience for a number of groups now and we're covering on average about 60% of the total prescriptions being taken by a population with this list of 550 medications. And these aren't, you know, your your super expensive specialty type drugs. These are the nuts and bolts, chronic and acute illness medications that a lot of our members, you know, are are requiring to either get better or to stay healthy. And so this has been a huge lift for our memberships and in our ability to help improve adherence and take care of some of that financial burden that, you know, that we know faces some people when it comes to making decisions around taking their medications or not. And if they need a medication that's not part of the formulary, they just hit the PBM on the, on the main plan side, on the employer's plan side? Yeah, that's right. You know, because most often our, our employer groups are going to implement nice healthcare next to a traditional health insurance type of plan where there is insurance coverage for things that go outside of the scope of our service. And, and that certainly applies to the, the pharmacy as well. So if one of our members needs something that is not on that list of 550 free medications, you know, we can still prescribe it. We can send it to the pharmacy. Patient goes and picks it up. And then that's when they would show their insurance card and, and that plan kicks in for them. We've only got about a minute left. I'm curious, on an industry, from an industry level, do you see this kind of model starting to proliferate? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're seeing across the board is that healthcare systems are trying to figure out how to bring more medical services into the patient's home. You know, and I so I think that this is a trend that we've been leading the way on now since, you know, we started the company back in in 2017. 
but now it's front and center across the whole system. You know, and so I, I certainly think that this is going to continue to be something that not just, you know, clinics are trying to unlock, but that customers and consumers are going to continue to demand. And so I think we'll continue to see more and more of a shift out of traditional uh, venues and continue to bring more and more services into the patient's home. And that's a great place to leave our conversation for today. John Young, Vice President of Growth at Nice Healthcare. John, thanks so much for sharing a really unique and interesting model with our audience. David, thank you so much for having me on today. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.